0: Welcome to the Global Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast. Please like and subscribe. Also visit us on social media, um, on Facebook, that's Global Seventh-day Adventist Church. Or um, we also have Instagram, Global's Youth. Please check us out there. Also um, on our website, goebbelssdachurch.org. Um, please uh, join and join us Sabbath mornings at uh, 9.30 a.m. for Sabbath school and 10 a.m. for church. now okay we will stay like that i will try not to travel much um what a blessing it is to be in in this um, special time that god assigned for all of us it's a space in time a day in a week where god said I will come to have some special relationship with you, and um, I I praise him for this opportunity to come together and worship him as uh, brothers and sisters. We are not all physically present here, but I know wherever you are, whether you're watching us online or uh, wherever you are here, God unites us with his Holy Spirit. You know, uh, has been a very difficult time for our church family, and I, as a uh, pastor of uh, Allegan and Goebbels Churches, I uh, uh, recognize that it definitely has been difficult for a lot of us to go through um, COVID pandemic lately. Uh, last couple of weeks, a lot of our brothers and sisters got down with COVID, and uh, some of them are battling that disease right now and i would like to let you know that we all pray for one another we all uplift one another we keep in touch with one another and if you are feeling lonely and like not reached out please uh, um, uh, let us know so that we could serve you in any way possible wherever you are in any conditions that you are We still keep uplifting in prayers, uh, especially the families that had a loss in their families last week. And Lyle just mentioned uh, quite a few losses and, and definitely the hearts of the people are broken. And we know that God is able to heal those wounds and the ultimate healing will happen when he will come back again this is a special time of uh, holidays and, um, and you, you know I, I praise God for the people that came um, and decorated our church and it looks like Christmas and it also is Christmas already in our hearts and uh, yeah, we can't wait uh, to uh, get together again and worship God together but for the sake of caution yeah we have called for an online service um, uh, mainly so that we are safe, okay? And uh, right now our minds would like to go into the Word of God and see whether the Word of God has something special of a message for us today. We live in 21st century. Does the Word of God have something special for us living in 21st century, living in 2021, living in the Christmas uh, holiday season? And um, I would like to tell you a story that happened uh, not too far away from here, and uh, it happened actually not too long ago. It happened in 1987, August 16, and um, it was the Northwest Airlines Flight 225 crashed just after the takeoff from Detroit. And when um, when, when people started looking the consequences, Of that devastating um, uh, tragedy they were able to find only one survivor and that was uh, Cecilia Uh, she was um, uh, four years old this little girl when 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 the team of rescuers arrived they did not believe she was on the plane because not only it crashed the plane also caught on fire And um, the way that this um, uh, baby, miracle baby, survived, nobody could understand how did it happen until they were able to find some more details. They found out that she was there with Paula, uh, chicken, her mother. So when tragedy was about to take place, her mother unbuckled herself and what she did, she came in front of her child, she surrounded her child around her, and she would not let that child go away from her because she knew that there would be a devastating impact after the crash. Not even the power of the impact, nor the fires that followed were able to damage little Cecilia. But her mother, in that battle, lost her life. You know, look at the love of the mother for her baby. She was ready to do anything that the baby would do Okay, And she did save her child, losing her own. And when I think of a Christmas time and think what God has done for us, God did everything, God the Father did everything in reverse towards his son Jesus. Instead of embracing Jesus and trying to save and preserve him from all of the blows of life, God the Father sent Jesus into our world, knowing what we will do to his son. It was everything in reverse at the time when Jesus was born. And it was Jesus that came into this world Was born as a fragile baby, he will be the one to embrace us all so that he could save us. So, the title for today is Emmanuel God with Us. Now In order to understand uh, the message, we uh, have to uh, remember that the quote, the scripture reading that Sherilyn uh, gave us today, um, that is from Matthew 22-23, it's a quote from Isaiah chapter 7, where initially this promise that the child will be born and the name for the child would be Emmanuel, God with us, was given to Ahaz, the king of Judea. So we will have to travel back in history to understand what the That um, promise meant to Ahaz king of Judea and then we will go into the times of Jesus to understand what that prophecy meant for people that lived in the days of Jesus when he was born and then we will go and see what does it has that promise that we have what does it mean to us now, nation of Israel, it is an example of, of uh, in our relationships with God. in our uh, In the Word of God, we find so many spiritual lessons for ourselves. We see how God interacted with people, um, uh, and. Um, uh, and how uh, we, we, we can actually learn from the relationships that Israel had with God, we can learn how we can do best in our walk with God, as you know, the nation of Israel did uh, uh, had their own journey, and initially they were not led by a king, they were led by a uh, prophet, by judge, they were led by a priest, but uh, that was not enough for them. They wanted to be like peoples around them, so later on, they, instead of having the uh, form of a a rulership from God, they requested to have a king, and um, God said, you want the king? Okay, you will have a king. It was not in God's plans, but just because people have asked. God said okay fine you will have it but here's the problem if the king is following God's word everything is okay in the kingdom do you agree with that people also are trying to follow the Lord but what if that king the leader of a nation goes the wrong way goes the opposite direction away from the Lord what happens to the nation well the nation follows the leader and that's what happened in Israel many many times the king would arise that would not know the Lord, would not know anything uh, about the Lord, and would not want to have anything with the Lord, and would lead people astray by worshiping idols of different materials, wood, uh, stone, gold, um, silver, and so on, and the people would follow their leaders. In spite of all of that, unfaithfulness on the God, on the part of God's people God never gives up and he keeps reaching out to his people he uh, would send them prophets he would send them some circumstances that would awake their spirituality so that they would know only he is God only he is the Savior and only he is interested in our well being and um, uh, when in times like this, sometimes uh, um, God would remove his hand of protection from god 's people, and some nations around Israel would attack them, would usurp them, and then all of a sudden they would turn their hearts to God and say, "God, please save us and God would always listen to that prayer request and come to the rescue of his children isn't don't we have a Wonderful God, fantastic God. Nobody is like God. You know, um, Joe Guerrero tells the story of Barbara, her daughter. Barbara, age of five had disobeyed and uh, she was sent into her room and after a few minutes uh, she went to check and uh, talk to her about what she had done and tear-eyed Barbara, she asked why do we do wrong things, mommy? and uh, well the mama tried to describe what happens like you know great controversy in a small version to the little kid and she said sometimes the devil tells us to do something wrong and we'll listen to him we need to listen to god instead she tried to explain the little baby and that's what the baby said but god doesn't talk loud enough and she wailed <laughs> Well, that is just kind of a description of what the people of Israel are going through. They are disobeying God. And just because God is so humble, is so loving, and never breaks our freedom, it seems like he doesn't talk loud enough. But that's how God talks. Because the voice of love is always going to sound soft. Ahaz. A young king of Judea was the king that was not seeking the Lord with all of his heart. And that's what we know from reading the scripture. The story that we are going to read, it's about him. He was the one that received the messages from the Lord in, described in this chapter. So when I think of Ahaz, uh, he would be an individual that could be found in many of our churches. Well-to-do young man with good education, good manners, good economical grounds, and so on. He lacked absolutely nothing born to the royal family as an heir as the next king he had all the life in front of him he knew god but he did not necessarily thought that all of the blessings that he had in life were the result of direct god's blessing he rather thought it's a matter of fortune um, that he is so uh, well to do everything is so good in his life it's a matter of luck and um um, uh, it was so it was uh, uh, about his lifestyle likewise he does he would not mind at all to worship idols as um, other wicked kings would do and maybe he would uh, uh, pay a tribute to God by attending one of God's uh, um, uh, signed holidays so he this kind of a condition oh, in the world a little bit and a little bit to the idols it's all right you know so we can find a lot of young people doing the same today well we can find a lot of uh, grown up people the same today kind of living a doubled life that uh, they think it is okay to do and uh, what that reminds me is the parable of jesus when when i think of life of ahaz i i think of a parable that jesus once spoke about two homes two houses one was built on a solid foundation on a rock, another one was built on sand. And look at this. Before, up until a certain point, both of the houses looked okay. Up to the certain point in time it looked like both of the homes are good for living. Up until what? Up until crisis came. And crisis, time over trouble, crisis that comes into our lives and knocks on our door, that's what reveals where we built our household. And if we have a solid foundation, we built our household on solid faith in Jesus Christ, we will survive. And what happened in Ahaz's life? It happened that crisis knocked on the door of his life and it was revealed that he does not have that solid foundation. So Isaiah chapter 7 verse 1 and 2 says, Now it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, and the uh, king of Judah, that Rezin, king of Syria, and Pekah, son of Remaliah, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to make war against it, but could not prevail against it. And it was told to the house of David, saying, Serious forces are deployed in Ephraim. So his heart and the heart of his people were moved as a tree. Trees of the wood are moved in the wind. It's something like what happens right now outdoors, if you look it out. Uh, that's what happens. there. Uh, we don't have much leaves left on the trees, but uh, definitely the branches even are moved by the wind outside. And that's what happened to the hearts of people. They were losing their grounds. Why? Because the time of trouble reveals where you build your household. And Israel, as the king, they built their houses on sand without solid foundation in faith in God, and they were scared to death. Now, historically, just to give you an account what exactly happened. Uh, Somewhere around uh, 738 BC, uh, Raisin um, uh, usurped the throne of Syria, and in um, what he did to to succeed, he uh, uh, paid some bribe to uh, Tigla-Pileser III of Assyria, and this is how people would get their power. Okay, you go to the big king, pay him some uh, bribe, and he says, okay, you will be the king over this smaller country smaller region. And he said, yeah, okay, good. Now he had the throne. And he said, well, that's good, but not good enough. I want more power. And that's what he does. He goes to uh, another king, uh, the usurper of um, uh, Israel, Pekah, and he was off the Philistines. Now those together said, okay, why don't we go against um, uh,
1: um,
0: and fight against uh, uh, another uh, bigger uh, um, a bigger party that is Assyria but we're not strong enough by ourselves so that's why we need some more people to join us and this is how they come to King of Judea so there's two kings now united against Assyria and the young king of uh, uh, Judea Ahaz is understanding that this is the way into nowhere he cannot join this uh, uh, alliance and fight Assyria without bad consequences to his own country. So he says, No, thank you. I'm not going to join you in this battle on your own. And how, what, what those two kings decided to do said, Okay, well, then we'll go first fight you and then we'll go and fight Assyria. So they came and took some territories already in Jerusalem, uh, not in Jerusalem, in Judea, and they came to the walls of Jerusalem. They they besieged Jerusalem, and uh, they were saying all of these nasty things about uh, the future um, of uh, Israel. And um, now um, the prophet of God, Um, is being told by God that right now it's a time to remind the king of Israel who is the true God in Israel. So Isaiah gets the message from the Lord, and this is the message. Let's read verse 3 and 4. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out now to meet Ahaz, you and uh, Shira J- uh, Jashub, um, your son, at the end of the aqueduct uh, from the upper pool on the highway uh, to the fuller's field, and say to him, Take heed and be quiet. Do not fear or be um, uh, faint hearted, for these two stubs of smoking. Uh, firebrands for uh, the fierce anger of resin of and, and Syria and the son of Remaliah. So, in the midst of uh, this, um, um, what's going on in uh, in between? Uh, the king of Israel, the king of Judea in Jerusalem, and these other kings. God is telling the messenger uh, of God, Isaiah, to go and comfort the heart of a young king. Do not worry what is about to happen. Do not think of them. And it's interesting. Isaiah is told take his son with him, and you know the meaning of a uh, name, Shear-Jashub is the remnant shall return. That's the um, meaning. And and because Isaiah took his son with that name with him, it had a message to the king of, uh, uh, of Judea as well. What it basically meant, it had a double meaning. Well, first of all, spiritual-wise, that name meant that the true remnant of Israel, of, uh, of God's people will repent. That's the spiritual meaning of that name. But on the other side, if you're speaking of military terms, okay, let's just imagine for a moment the army marches into the battle and the message comes only the remnant returns. What does that mean? The army had a defeat. It was a defeated army. You see that? So there is a message, double message to the king of Judea. First of all, the uh, the advice from God is: do not launch into the battle, do not fight this battle. This is my battle, says the Lord. Watch what I will do. That is number one message. And number two message is that the true Israel shall repent right now. The remnant, the faithful remnant, should, shall turn their hearts to God and this is the good time to do it right now. And it's interesting uh, that geographically, di- did you see where there's a specific location where the prophet was supposed to meet with the king? And that location is not by accident, was one uh, on a high place where you could oversee all the battlefield and God's prophet meets the king over there and says, look at this magnificent army that is willing to fight you. They will not harm you because I say so. Do not fight this battle. I will fight the battle for you. Don't we have an amazing God? Did Ahaz deserve this attitude from God? Not at all and god tells look i am here to save you and now look what God says of these two kings in verse 5 and 6. Because Syria, Ephraim and the son of Ramaliah have plotted evil against you saying, let us go against Judah and trouble it and let us make a gap in its walls and for ourselves and set a king over them, the son of Tebel. So the king of Syria have plotted against evil against Judea and was determined that he's going to have success just because he had some wicked allies along with him and they thought just because there's many of us and there's few of them we will succeed and we will overcome and God only mentions the ideas of these wicked kings to oppose those ideas to his own plans and he says well that's what they think but this is what I am going to do says God in verse 7 8 and 9 this says the Lord God it shall not stand nor shall it come to pass so what is not going to shall stand and what is not going to pass is those wicked plans of, uh, um people that are going uh, to fight God's people those plans are not going to stand for the head of Syria is Damascus and the head of Damascus is risen um, risen, um, within uh, 65 years Ephraim will be broken so that will be not a people and the head of Ephraim is Samaria and the head of Samaria is Remaliah's son if you will not believe surely you shall not be established so the prophetic message formula says thus says the Lord this means God have already decided what is going to happen so king of judea that if you remember just a moment ago we read about him and about all of the people that he were off fighting this uh, enemies of god they were shaken by the wind right like as uh, trees by the wind they were shaken they were scared they didn't know where the answer is going to come from and god tells them now my friend listen what i am going to do this people that's what they say they're going to do it to you but this is what i'm going to do to them so that you will be saved And it's indeed exactly what happened. Do you remember I told you the, re, uh, the year when uh, these wicked kings have plotted against uh, um, uh, Judea? It was 7.38. It didn't pass too much time when Israel, the northern kingdom that plotted against Judea, lost its independence. And it's uh, 7.22. Basically, we're talking about 16 years from that incident, or even less when the those that have plotted against God's people have lost their independence at all. And the Assyria, the one they plotted against and asked Judean King to go against, that same country came down and conquered Northern Kingdom of Israel. Now Ahaz, he had an interesting situation here. From what I told you in the beginning, do you think Ahaz was a strong believer? Not at all. The Bible says he was not looking after the Lord's will in his life. He did not deserve this wonderful salvation that God has given to him. And right now he had a dilemma. Everything around him was telling him to fear the consequences of this uh, war. But the prophet of God was telling him the opposite, do not worry, trust the Lord, I will overcome for you. I will fight your battle. And in order to have peace in his heart, he had to become a believer. The wicked king that did not trust the Lord did not walk his ways in order to uh, change something in his heart, he had to give his heart to God and trust the Word of God and his prophet versus what he was seeing around the walls of Jerusalem. Does that make sense? And there's something amazing that God does for Ahaz. You know when we think God does a lot, God doesn't stop there. He just blesses us over the edge and that's what we read in verse 10 and 11 moreover the lord spoke again to ahaz saying ask a sign for yourself from the lord your god ask it uh, either uh, in depth or in height above so god says listen if you still have doubt ask a sign god is ready to give you a sign whatever you ask anywhere god is able to do that tell me what you want god to do for you Isn't God amazing? You see what amazing God will serve? This is the wicked king. And yet God tells him, tell me what you want me to do for you. And Ahaz says in verse 12 and 13, But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will test the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David, it is a small thing for you to wear men, but Will you wear my God also? You know, it seems like when Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord, it was a good gesture from part of Ahaz. Like, oh no, I will not going to test the Lord but god said listen i am the one that offers you the sign and you reject that offer for how long will you keep rejecting what i am doing for you and then god says we get to this beautiful verse to the promise we are talking about therefore the lord himself will give you a sign and what is the sign Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and that and and shall call his name Emmanuel. And what does that uh, name mean? God with us. That prophecy had a double fulfillment at that time. Ahaz knew who that woman would be that would conceive and give birth to a son. And how that name of a son should be uh, given to like Emmanuel, God with us. So in that time, God was faithful to his word. And indeed, the child was born and the name was given to the child so that Ahaz, the king of Judea, knows that God is what? God is with us. Although we have fallen, although we have left God, although we have turned our backs on God, God says, I am still with you. But the other fulfillment to that, we know it happened later on. And this is one of the prophecies when we read it we connect it to the birth of Jesus Christ and that's why we open Matthew uh, chapter 1 verses 22 and 23 and we will read so all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet who was the prophet Isaiah uh, saying behold the virgin shall be with the child and bear a son and they shall Uh, call his name Emmanuel which is translated God with us this is all given to Joseph as a reminder in a dream when he thought to lot uh, when he thought to let Mary go and um, by God's grace uh, um, Dr. Edwards will share with us the Joseph journey next Sabbath But right now, I would like us to focus our minds on what happened to us from the very beginning. Going back to the Garden of Eden, our first parents, Adam and Eve, have sinned. They rather believed the lies of a devil than the truth of God and they have eaten from the forbidden fruit and they have eaten and now they learned the difference in between good and evil and when the Lord came into the Garden of Eden they were all hiding. They felt inappropriate, they felt wicked, they felt abandoned, they felt ashamed and it was God that initiates the conversation Now Adam and Eve in Garden of Eden after their sin, after they fell, they realized one thing for sure, unless God has mercy on them, they will die. Do you agree with that? They knew if God doesn't give them some sort of a promise, they will die. And God comes. He initiates the conversation to the fallen humanity, to Adam and Eve. And he says, I am giving you a sign, a prophecy that a child shall be born that will crush the head of a serpent. Will receive the bite in the hill, but surely the head of a serpent will be crushed this was the first promise given about the birth of Jesus Christ. It was given to the first parents in the Garden of Eden when they had fallen when they were not worthy of salvation God was the one to come down and tell them I am the one to save you and here's the sign it will be born a baby to you. Uh, years passed by and now what we have is, uh, uh, is the times of Isaiah when the uh, nation of Judea was going absolutely wrong direction together with their king Ahaz, trouble knocks on their doors. And that was a chance for the Lord to intervene and once again remind the people who is the true God in Israel and who genuinely loves his people. And God saves the people and the wicked king, although they do not deserve them. But one thing, the nation and the king knew for sure that day before God spoke to uh, the nation through the prophet: without God's salvation, they will be doomed. They were certain if God doesn't intervene, they will certainly die. And God saved them then in the times of Isaiah. And now flipping the pages, going through history, now we get into the times of Christ, when Jesus was born. And we know that the times when Jesus was born, it was the time of the thickest darkness you could ever imagine when humanity was fallen into sin and it was so covered with the sin this uh, planet earth that that you know you could only see some little lights uh, some little candle lights and those candle lights would represent the faithful people just a handful of them in Israel and I'm not even mentioning the entire world Satan was overpowering people by um, sending his demons and agonizing humanity with his demonic activities. That's why when we read the Gospels, we are amazed at the amount of people that have been possessed by demons. And that's what happens when people abandon god when they turn their backs on god their house is not left desolate somebody else will step in there and devil is taking over and that's what happened in the time of christ the earth was absolutely filled with sin with darkness and its activity and and god Is looking at all of that. He's looking at his people that they are absolutely going the wrong direction. And he gives us the most precious, Jesus Christ. And look, when Jesus is born, one of the prophecies is reminding us, name Emmanuel, one of the names of of Jesus. And that is, what does that name mean? God is with us. You know why it was important for people to hear that? For more than 400 years there was no prophet in Israel. It was so-called time of silence. When a lot of people were thinking that God does no longer talk to his people. He forgot about his people. And there comes Jesus that is born and his name is god with us speaking of our days today we live in 2021 we all together as a church family are going through a terrible pandemic and the consequences of this Uh, devastating we uh, probably understand how difficult it is now to live the life that we had before it's it's gone the world has changed dramatically not towards the best and we fight this disease right now and earlier this week when I have received this phone call in the middle of the night somewhere around 2 A.M. When I looked at the phone and I saw who was calling, I instantly realized that there's some bad news coming. And sure enough, I found out that the dear brother of ours that we love dearly, we prayed for him dearly, has lost his life in battling COVID. And, of course, we pray together with the family, and uh, we ask the Lord to sustain us in all of this problem. And when things like that happen, there is a question that goes on somewhere in our mind. God, are you still with us? We ask this because the world is in deep crisis, although it seems to be okay. The world's economy is in deep crisis, although it seems to be okay. Um, you know, we, we, we look at the morality that is uh, in the society. The, it's almost gone, although people keep saying it is okay when it is not we look at our healthcare system that is in deep crisis although people keep telling it is okay we keep losing people we keep going deeper in trouble in every aspect of our lives and we all ask the Lord the same question God are you still with us and the answer that God gave me that night is the same that Ahaz received is the same that Adam and Eve have received I gave you the most precious in its time to save you and I promised you eternal life that nobody will take it from you but this life is not our home and living in this world we will experience more and more trouble but cheer up our Jesus is on his way you know thinking of that crush of the Northwest Airlines Flight 225. And that happened August 16 of 1987 when little Cecilia, four years old at that time, survived, I think, still of that mother, Paula. Paula chicken that unbuckled her own seat. Losing the last chance to survive She did it with one purpose in her mind. I want to save my baby No matter what price I have to pay So she surrounded the baby and she surrounded in such a way that when impact happens She gets all the damage and her baby survives And because of that act, she saved the life of her baby. And I think of our father when he was sending his son, Jesus, into this world. You know, we are about to celebrate Christmas that Jesus was born. But think of that mother that saved, did everything to save her child. And look at the Father God that did everything to save us. And he had to let go Jesus, his only beloved son, so that Jesus comes and puts his arms around us and receives all hits of sin on himself, losing his own life, so that we have a chance, so that we have an opportunity to call him savior. Why did Jesus do that? Why did Father God do that? Just because we deserved it? (laughs) Because we are good? No, because God loves us for some strange reason, so much that he gave us his only son, to save us let's think of this love in this season and share his love with all around us amen